0: Exiting your business into a great retirement. And we define a great retirement as being one in which you are exiting your company when you want, with the income and the money that you want, and a purpose that you thought through so that you're doing those things that are important to you with whom you want to do them uh, and not missing out on opportunities to enjoy life. Uh, I'm Frank Warren. Uh, uh, racing driver on occasion, coffee junkie all the time, and bow tie wearing exit planning ninja. And I am the associate director of Seabrook-Wessex, which is a South Carolina-based uh, business exit planning and succession planning consulting firm. And uh, we are located in the upstate of South Carolina and Johns Island, South Carolina. Um and although we are a South Carolina-based company, we are happy to serve clients uh, anywhere we, where we can uh, be of service and um, can legally operate. We are not a law firm, although we hang out with lawyers. We are not CPAs. We, uh, Although we make great use of uh, CPAs, we are not investment advisors, but um, we do a pretty darn good job of... Uh, assessing situations, helping people to find where they can can increase value in their companies and to help them to lay out a plan of attack for uh, exiting their company again into a great uh, retirement. Um, We're now well into Q4 of 2022, pardon me, and um, uh, this is a good time to start thinking about some things for next year um, and, and some tools and techniques that I'd like to uh, bring to your attention and some things I'd like to remind you of. And um, before I do that, um, uh, in, uh, in future episodes, I want to take this episode to um, uh, share a story with you. Uh, there was a great, great, great man, a great patriot, great lawyer, great uh, Baptist minister, in the northeast uh, by the name of Russell H Conwell and uh, Mr. Conwell was a, a Civil War veteran who was born in 1843 uh, wound up going to the Albany School of Law became a lawyer and then eventually answered a call to uh, ministry in the uh, American Baptist um, Church uh, or Association I can't remember what they call it exactly but it's the, the northern version of the Baptist Church um, And in the course of things, he uh, founded Temple University. So uh, Temple University is the home to uh, some great scholarship um, and uh, a great medical school and a great law school. Um, And uh, one of the things, though, that uh, probably the thing that other than having uh, founded Temple University Um, The thing that uh, Russell Conwell is probably the most known for is a book that he wrote uh, called uh, Acres of Diamonds. In fact, um, he um, reduced it to a lecture that by his own count, he delivered 6,152 times um, before he uh, retired from uh, doing speaking engagements. And the, the crux of the story, is kind, of uh, kind of a morality story, um, uh, supports the idea of the Protestant uh, uh, work ethic, and um, um, uh, it also seems to support an, the idea of being uh, grateful for what you have because you don't realize maybe the exact value of what you have. And the, the, the protagonist of the story is a fellow by the name of um, Ali Hafez, and uh, a, um, uh, a Muslim holy man had uh, come through Ali Hafez's neighborhood. He had a, a, a rather large estate, and um, he told Ali Hafez about diamonds. And Ali Hafez had never seen diamonds, but he told about how they sparkled and uh, that they could be found in certain places in the ground, and you could dig them up and... Uh, polish them and cut them, and they would make uh, wonderful gems to uh, adorn different things with. And Ali Hefez decided that he had to have diamonds, and so um, he went off in pursuit of diamonds. He took a, he put the uh, he put his family in the care of a neighbor and headed out to. Uh, uh, on, a, uh, on a journey by land to try to find diamonds, which he was told would be uh, located between a, uh, a rise in the earth and, um, and running water. So as things would happen, years passed, and he finally found himself in, uh, in Spain, and he died. Um, just completely heartbroken and utterly dejected, um, I nobody knows exactly what happened to his family, but somebody came in and uh wound up um, assuming ownership of his estate. And while this gentleman was uh, uh digging with some of his servants um, and plowing a field, um, he found some rather shiny objects and put them up on a mantle in his uh in his uh, home. Um, the same Muslim uh, holy man came through and noticed the diamonds. They were diamonds. And he said, Diamonds? Has Ali Hafez returned? And the new owner of the property said, I don't know who, uh, really who Ali Hafez is, uh, but I found these in my backyard. And they were, he, he uh, the holy man asked him where exactly he found them. And he found them near the near the bank of a small creek that ran through um, the uh, one of the gentleman's fields. So here's the you know the, the point of the story. Um, so many times we can we can be trying to find ways to um, acquire wealth and um, and increase the value of our companies. Uh, when really the way to do it is right in our own backyards and we do that through acting on what are referred to as value drivers um, when we're working with a company uh, a, a business owner who is wanting to retire from this company and maybe he or she's going to sell uh, or they they want to transfer to a um, uh, to a third party through some kind of an installment arrangement um, We'll have them do, particularly with the third parties, we'll have them do a, um, uh, a self-due diligence, and we'll assess everything. We'll look at the things that a, um, that a potential buyer is going to be looking at, because it's better to be made aware in advance and having an opportunity to correct. And so the things that we wind up looking at are everything from um, the physical plant, the location that you're in, um, the um quality of your product the, the level of tax exposure and the debt liability that you have uh, we also look at um, the quality of your uh, management team and your associates if there's a high rate of turnover in either of those places your business is not going to be quite as as valuable particularly if you're wanting to sell to a third party um, also what kind of what have you done to protect your economic mode are there certain um, competitive advantages that you have that um, give you an edge and protect your position in the uh, in the marketplace? And if you don't have an economic moat, uh, then we need to help you to dig one. You may actually already have uh, what you need to dig your moat and to uh, stock it with crocodiles and uh, uh, and alligators, so, uh, so that you're. Um, your potential competition is warded off. Now, what kinds of things might those be? Well, it might be a unique process. It might be a unique uh, group of clients. It might be um, uh, the, uh, a technology that you have that enables you to do something better, faster, cheaper. Um, it can be uh, something that I mentioned earlier. It could be the quality of your, uh, of your management team um, you know that's one of the things that that you can um, you can tell about the quality of your team if uh, you find yourself being the um, uh, the victim of some um, uh, some team member poaching by uh, uh, by competitors and if if you are uh, in that kind of a position uh, where you're losing uh, key people to other other organizations then there's two things that, that become readily apparent. One is that you have done a great job of hiring the right kind of people, but if there's too many of those people going other places, then there may be something about the about your your company's culture and the way that you interact with your people that is causing them to uh, to leave. So you don't want to lose on that basis. Uh, we have a term that we use at SuperQuestics. Um, there are, there are similar sounding phrases and, and I don't want to say that we came up with the idea itself, but the way that we express it is um, you want to develop your company if you're looking at retiring and you don't want to have to work an earn out, you want to go ahead and leave um, you want your company to become what is what we refer to as a self-managing enterprise and uh, um, you can have all the, all the handy phrases that you want, but you need to have some kind of a benchmark uh, for, um, uh, for a phrase to mean anything. And we, we say that a self-managing enterprise is one in which you as the owner could leave the business for 30 consecutive days, not have to check into the office, not have to look at your email, not have to respond to any client needs, and even fires would be put out by, by someone else uh, who is competent to do them. Um, and the company is still functioning, it's still creating value for customers and clients, uh, it still is profitable and growing. Um, if, if you have a business like that, then if you um, wind up um, wanting to retire, you're going to be able to do it a lot sooner. In fact, you'll be able to even start practicing your retirement by taking many, retire- uh, many M-I-N-I retirements. And um, if, you know, God forbid, uh, and th- I'm going to use a, a highly technical term here, if you stroke or you croak, uh, if you be- that is, if you become uh, permanently disabled or disabled for an extremely long period of time, or you die, your company will not... Have its value contract to almost nothing overnight, uh, and that happens way, way too often. So, um, so it really is important that you start developing your talent. Acquire if you don't have the necessary talent, that you acquire it. This is another thing that we're able to um, help our clients with: is to identify the talent that needs to be there, and then to make sure that those people are are ready to plug and play. Now, you know, you may have a company where if somebody asks you what would happen if you if you did wind up stroking or croaking, what would happen next? And you may be you may give them the response, well, this this person uh, Jane um, uh, is my um, second in command, and uh, she'd be able to 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 step right in. Uh, or maybe you've got a, a child who. You'd planned on uh, having them come into the business, and you and they're even working with you some in the business, maybe even working with you full-time in the business. And you say, well, I'll just turn, you know, they, they can, they know everything that's going on. They can just hop right in, and immediately um, uh, they can run things. Our experience and observation at Wessex, and I think that most any other business advisor and consultant is going to say the same thing, is that, Most of the time when people point to someone who can take over, if that person has to take over, it's still going to be a train wreck. And the reason for that is um, you've not empowered them in advance. You have not communicated to third parties that this person has the authority to, will have the authority to run things and can be relied upon. And really, you need to have them um, actually exercising some authority in advance so that everybody gets, gets used to them. Because one of the problems, really, if you have a, a situation, again, where you stroke or croak, um, is that people are going to jump ship. They're going to be like the rats uh, that, uh, that jump a, a sinking ship. And your rats uh, include vendors, uh, team members, uh, customers, uh, particularly customers who de- really depend on what you do for them, uh, so it really is critical that you make sure to have not just people designated to take over, but people who are ready to take over from day one and have the authority to do so in advance. Now, what do, what kind of people do you need to help you out on that? Well, yes, <laughs> uh, a succession planning advisor and consultant like uh, Seabrook Wessex uh, is one of the uh, one of the sources of uh, of help that you're going to need, but I would suggest to you that you're also are going to need to make sure that um, if you are a, a if you're operating through some kind of an entity like an LLC or a corporation or some kind of formalized partnership, you want to get with your um, legal counsel and make sure that um, the documentation for your business is very clear that. Um, uh that whoever needs to be empowered to do whatever they need to do um, that that person uh, has that authority to uh, to step in immediately <coughs> and there are triggers that you can use if you know if your doctor certifies that you're unable to um, to handle your own affairs or uh, um, or if you are smart enough and realize that you're going to be sick for a long period of time you can you can uh, uh, sign a uh, um, uh, some kind of a designational document that, uh, that empowers that person but that's advice that you need uh, in terms of the, of the how's, the who that you need to help you get to that uh, is going to be, um, is gonna be your, uh, your attorney. Let me also make a suggestion here too um, just because you have a law degree doesn't mean that you're competent to do everything same thing with CPAs. Uh, same thing with, uh, with, with uh, physicians. Um, I have a physician that I've gone to for 35 years. And um, he's a great guy. A great guy. But um, if I needed open-heart surgery, he ain't my guy. Uh, I need to have somebody who really understands that particular thing. It's the same thing with your CPA. If you're like many of my family-owned businesses, that we work with, um, uh, very often the uh, accounting advice that they're getting is from a, uh, it's from a practitioner who is mainly preparing the uh, regular tax returns. And that is not the person that you need unless they also do um, uh, tax planning. That's not the person that you need. To um, to help you plan strategically for things, particularly that's another person that you need when it comes time to value your, your business for a sale, and that's another discussion for another time. But with attorneys, you may have an attorney that's done a great job of uh, handling your real estate transactions. Uh, he may have even done a kind of a down and dirty corp- incorporation, but maybe there's not been a lot done in terms of making sure that you're in compliance with your uh, state or provincial um, uh, business codes, and uh, uh, conducted your uh, your corporation or your partnership, or your LLC as a uh, as a, a formalized business. And yes, I know. Uh, I've heard some people say. In fact, I even used to hold to this view that even with a limited liability company, you don't really need to do that much. I'm taking a more conservative position now and saying that you still need to have. Um, you know, a good um, up-to-date operating agreement that's regularly reviewed. Uh, and an operating agreement is kind of a combination of a partnership and a, uh, a set of bylaws um, for a corporation, and uh, that's the governing document in a, in a limited liability company. Uh, and you also want to make sure that whatever resolutions that you have um, are in place. And um, the more that you can make automatic uh, the less havoc is going to be had if, uh, if something bad happens uh, to you while you are still leaving your company. But here's the great advantage for you. If you are thinking about leaving your company one day to retire and you don't have to be there uh, to, for things to run, um, then your company has a value separate and apart from you, and that is critical had a client several years ago um, who had over the years built a rather successful company, uh, company that dealt with um, office communication equipment. And uh, his primary vendor had been on him like white on rice for a number of years uh, and wanted to acquire him. And the reason that the vendor wanted to acquire him was that... Um, uh, they wanted the, the market share for themselves because uh, this guy had really established a pretty good presence in the uh, area of the country that he was in and um, uh, we strongly encouraged this client to um, to get uh, a professional valuation done and to, um, and to make sure that um, uh, he had everything in place so that he didn't have to be at his company anymore. Well, he didn't get a valuation done, uh, and um, he just went with a, an industry multiple, and knowing what I knew about the company at that time and know even more now, um, his company was actually worth uh, about twice the standard industry multiples. But there was a problem, and the problem was that... For him to be able to sell the company, um, he had not taken the steps to make his company a self-managing enterprise, and so he had to work an earnout. Uh, they required, as part of the part of the, uh, the sales trend, uh, part of the sales contract, uh, his vendor uh, purchaser uh, required that he work an earnout over a period of about five years. And after about a year and a half, two years, the guy was going nuts. Uh, he didn't like the way that, that the um, new owner was, uh, was running things. There were some, uh, also some problems with morale inside the company. And so he went ahead and left change on the table and, um, and left the company. Now, he had a non-compete agreement. And so in the meantime, he had to uh, go to work in another industry but uh, um, uh, the, he wound up walking away with less money than he could have uh, even under his uh, even under the agreement that we advised him to uh, not to take so so um, uh, you know be circumspect uh, take advantage of the opportunities that are in your company to build value and work to build that value independently of um, Uh, Of you yourself Uh, when you're doing that I'm going to tell you if you make your if you if you transform your company into a self-managing enterprise what you're going to find is that um, your your involvement in the company is going to be now reduced to those things that make you happy that you love to do inside your company and the stuff that is driving you nuts is going to be done by people who like to do those things, and it makes them happy. So um, think about that, and um, uh, come, back, uh, come back soon. We'll be um, uh, starting to talk next about um, um, things to think about from a planning perspective as you uh, uh, move toward the end of Q4 and get ready for Q1 next year. I'm Frank Warren, Uh, bow tie wearing exit planning ninja and uh, people uh, keep on having fun on the road to world domination.